everybody. Welcome to the pre-holiday edition, I think, yeah. of uh, this show, which is called Sex and Other Human Activities. Um, my name is Sarah Benincasa. That is Marcus Parks. Hello. Hello. I wonder if we'll get another one in before Christmas. I think we probably will. We probably will. So this is like, uh, you know, this is the pre-Hanukkah edition. <laughs> because Hanukkah starts, um, at, we're, we're in, if you're listening to this in the future, it is um, December 15th, I think? 16th. 16th? something uh 2011 and it has just been an odd time lately this is the show where we talk about sex and other human activities and so um we've got like our sex stuff we've got a really interesting um letter from a soldier asking for some advice from us about his his girlfriend who i think will probably not be his girlfriend much longer probably not probs nuts (laughs) just doesn't seem like it's working out um so we've got that situation to talk about and then there's there's a lot of other stuff and we're always open to hearing from you hearing your questions great somebody tweeted at me today when i listen to your podcast i feel like i'm your best friend Aww. that was Haley fiasco on well, twitter thank you Haley fiasco so we are at twitter.com slash marcus parks twitter.com slash sarah j benincasa and you can always email us your questions sara at sarahbenincasa.com i'd also like to thank uh brandy starseed for an exceedingly sweet facebook message super nice yeah thank you so much for listening each and every one of you yeah, we really appreciate you guys. You are awesome and rocktastic. Yeah, this is like this show kind of makes me like feel like all the other shitty things that I do in my life. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, well, at least I, I, there's that. Yeah, there's a little bit of good karma. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've got. World, I'm building up a. Li- I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I do some some shitty things in life. We all do. So do we all I, make. Dude. We all ma- we all make mistakes, you mm-hmm. know. But it feels like okay, build up a little bit of karma over here. I have been a grumble bunny this week. I have been, which used to be the name of a sh- of a store in my hometown of. Flemington, New Jersey. <laughs> Grumble bunnies. They <laughs> sold adorable things. Um, but I just, you know, I was sick and then I just have been depressed. Yeah. I'm fucking depressed. It's been highs and lows. I think the, th- the weird thing about that I've been discovering is that like you can behave kind of like an addicted person, even if you're not addicted to a substance. Oh, yeah. Although I'm increasingly addicted to coffee. Yeah. Which is a first in my life. Oh, I'm very addicted to coffee. Yeah. It, it makes me feel better when I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'm pretty sure I'm addicted to it. Oh, yeah. And it, uh, sometimes I feel like recently in my life I have been behaving um, not m- not super recently. So not like this week, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe not even last week. <laughs> but before that, I was behaving in a way that was just like eating candy over and over again. Candy is delicious once in a while, but if you have it all the time for every meal, you're going to want to puke. Yes. And I was just pleasure-seeking constantly, so it was just like candy, 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 um, as a metaphor for all sorts of different human activities. <laughs> and it's just, you know, like I'm 31. I shouldn't be eating pot brownies. <laughs> I mean, that's something you do when you're 18. No, it isn't. I, I never what? did that when I was 18. What? Of I course you can still eat pot. You can eat pot brownies until you're 87, 9? Well, it's very beautiful. 90? You know, and of course I didn't. That's why I said I shouldn't be. Oh. <laughs> I would never do that, Dad. Yeah. Why are you listening, creepo? Um, but just certain things, you know, partying and just ugh, expending all this energy and not not being fed back in return. And that's not putting blame on a person. That's that's putting blame on myself for choosing activities where 
you know, you're just putting energy out there and it's all, I don't know, it's all, um, it's like the, what was that, the Island of Lost Boys? Is that what happens in Pinocchio where they just yeah. drink and they play pool? And then the kid gets turned into a donkey and it's fucking terrifying? Yeah, I started turning into a goddamn donkey. It's fucking <laughs> terrifying. Some sort of drug mule. I was like, what is this? Um, so... That has led to some depression lately. And also I, f- I, I feel I'm in this strange period where I'm waiting for my book to come out. And that's on February 14th. And so there's a lot of planning going on. And we just got our first our first big book review today, which is very exciting for Publishers Weekly. And it was very positive. It was very positive. Oh, I'll read it. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll read it on air. Um, so there's all this excitement about it. But then it's like, okay, well, what do I do in my day-to-day life? You know, I'm waiting for something big to happen, but the something big hasn't happened yet. And, of course, because I'm neurotic, I'm also worried about, well, what after the – I'm going to be touring a lot in February and March. What happens after that's done? Yeah. What do I do then? What's my purpose in life then? Who am I then when I'm not somebody waiting for my book to come out? So it's just a bunch of fucking – Words jumbled up in my brain with emotions, and it leads to times when I just want to curl up in bed, and sometimes do, mm-hmm. and just sleep. I know exactly what you're talking about. As far as the eating candy part, yeah, I fell into the exact same thing, like the exact same thing. Me and you were kind of running parallel there mm-hmm. for a while, yeah, like, <laughs> like on we two were. different, like, and not necessarily in the same place. And that's the funny thing is I don't think either one of us realized that the other one was doing it. No, not really. No, I mean, I think. But then we talked on the phone, and it was so helpful. God, was so you know we talked for like an hour and a half. I know we did. It was pretty great. It yeah. was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about all sorts of things. It was like know? a podcast, but in private. <laughs> it's so like where well, we could talk, do the same thing we do here. But it's yeah, we can talk we about can some, name names. Yeah, we can <laughs> and be extremely specific about things. Yes, uh, it it helped out a whole lot. You know, I, I know it helped. I know it helped me out because I I'd, I'll admit lately uh, I I fucked up on something. Me you too. Know? Like I, I fucked up on something pretty bad uh, and did something that I shouldn't have. That uh, was a direct result of me just not paying attention to myself or mm-hmm. not paying attention to what goes on in my head uh, because most of my like manic depressive behavior, a lot of it is attached to sex mm-hmm. and certain like just general like sex, pursuing the opposite sex, doing whatever, uh, just, I don't know, just sex all the time. Uh, and then whenever the consequences of all that come in, that's whenever I go back down again. So I – but I the medication that I take, I don't take – as much I take just enough where I can keep the bipolarness under control. Yeah, you can maintain. I can maintain, like, because I don't want to zombify myself. I don't mm-hmm. want to make it like the the manic depressive episodes can still happen, but I can recognize them better now. But lately, I've been not recognizing it, mm-hmm. and lately, I've just kind of shunted it off to the side and kind of forgot about it which happens about i'd say happens about once every couple years where i'll do something and i'll remember like oh yeah yeah i gotta keep an eye on this shit yeah uh and maybe that i mean do you think it would be helpful to take a little bit more medication under your doctor's supervision just a little bit Mm, i don't that no i've been on this same one for a while now i can deal with uh fuck up every once in a while if it just allows me to still be me mm-hmm. you know okay. like I, I i don't like yeah I, t- I take medication but you know i try to take as little of it as possible and you're afraid if you took more that you it might get zombified i might get zombified and my personality might change uh, well i would say that if that hap if you do i mean if if it feels like 
it would be helpful if you take a little more. Um, if you start to feel zombified, you can always stop. That is true. That was how I felt about starting to take Abilify along with along with Prozac because I was like, all right, I can handle being on something called a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, but motherfuck you if you think I'm going to take something called an atypical antipsychotic. <laughs> Not what I'm going to do. No, dude. Not in the I right know. class of drugs. I know you know, and and also you know it's expensive and, but um. But I just was like, all right, I'm going to try this. Like, I will break a goddamn tablet in half, yeah. and I will try that. And that's what the comfort level that I'm at. And I have found it to be helpful, actually. And yeah. I do see the difference when, if I don't take it for a few days. Yeah. Um, I really do see the difference. And it's actually, you know, it, it, it does work as a little bit, for me, anyway, it's worked as a booster for the SSRI. But what happens with, and we talk about mental illness so much on this show, um, what happens when... You sort of deal with the the top-level, noisy, crazy acting stuff when you have some kind of mental illness. So, like, whatever it may be, bipolar, depression, schizophrenia, you've got, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder, like, whatever it may be. Say you medicate it um, properly with a doctor's care. Those symptoms calm down. It's kind of like a herpes (laughs) flare-up. So you get the rash under control. Yeah. But... The issue is still present. And unfortunately, as yet with herpes, there's no way to get, you know, rooted out and take it out of your body. But that's true with mental illness, too. Mm -hmm. So you still then have to modify behaviors like don't fuck without a condom Mm -hmm. and um, stress, you know, try not to lead to stressful in existence if that's possible, because I know that stress can encourage herpes flare up. Mm -hmm. You know, your immune system is a little compromised. So be careful and take your multivitamins and do whatever your doctor recommends. And I really think it's analogous to mental illness because we it's incumbent upon us on me and marcus and other people with this kind of thing to like go to therapy um to monitor our shit to let our friends know how we're feeling and you can feel like a a broken toy oh yeah no i i it's I mean, I, I know that I'm never going to feel, like, normal or anything like that. Like, I, I used to think, like, Jesus Christ, why can't I just be normal? Like, like, you know, why can't, like, I just have, like, a straightforward thought process? Like, why can't I be like my brothers? Mm-hmm. You know, why like, they're mentally stable, you know, healthy, happy human beings, you know, but I've got this thing. Like, why can't I be like them? Why can't I have that? You know, why, why, why? And then I realized, like, it it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter at all. This is who I am. People people like me like this, you know? Like people like who I am even though I'm not normal, even though I've got all this other shit going on. Like people like who I am. So maybe I should too. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. I was talking to Kissel the other day and he goes, He's a goddamn axe murderer. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Kissel is convinced that I'm a serial killer. And I, oh yeah, I think that's what he said. I don't think he did X He's a goddamn serial killer. And it's so funny because I'm like, I don't think Marcus is. I was like, Marcus is crazy, but I don't think he's a serial killer. However, if I found out that you had killed a bunch of people, I wouldn't be that surprised. <laughs> like, there's nothing violent or evil about you. No. But if if I found out that you had shot up a post office, I would be shocked. But not necessarily super surprised. <laughs> like it would be like a, huh? Well, 
Well, yeah. <laughs> like, with me, I think like if God forbid I offed myself, people like wouldn't be they, they would be shocked but not surprised. They'd yeah. be like, "Oh, that's terrible," and I feel awful. But you know what? We kind of saw this coming. Yeah. Like this bitch crazy. <laughs> she wrote a book about this shit. Right, so, in other words, you're in this room. You're the uh, self harmer, and I'm the outward harmer. Correct. I'm the one that you know could maybe kill people, and you're the one that could maybe kill uh, themselves. Yeah. And but that's why we're uh, to quote I believe it was to to quote Mark Marin from his uh, 2011 Just for Laughs keynote address. He said um, he talked about thinking about suicide when he had a manager who was like, "I can't get you any work. You can't. Nobody wants to work with you. You're done." And he said, uh, "You know, I thought about suicide, but I wasn't actually going to kill myself. Sometimes I do think about suicide." But I just I, I don't do it because I want to kill myself. I, I do it because it's relaxing, relaxing <laughs> to know that he has an out. And I, I remember hearing that this summer when I was so depressed and being like, yes, that is it. Mm-hmm. Like that is I understand so that. it. It's like, oh, God, that is a relief. Well, that's nice to know. <laughs> that's true that that is there. Speaking of Mark Maron, very exciting news. I am going to be doing um, the What the Fuck cast in february no oh, it's gonna be great we're moving on up we are man we're oh getting my there god we're making we're gonna make it to the big time to mm-hmm. cat ranch yes yeah <laughs> lord willing and the crick don't rise yeah i gotta bring you i know, wanna the... bring him presents and you're well you're the sound engineer when he yeah whenever he, whenever he comes and uh, does a sh- live show in new york I, i'm the the recording engineer for that show see if he can remember my name my, remember my name Bet he doesn't. I don't know if he knows that you are the person who I do this show with. I have, he has no idea. Wow. And, and he has, I don't, I don't think he even really has any idea that, you know, I, I've met him a few times. Mm-hmm. But, mostly, but you're mostly in the background. I'm in the background, yeah. Switches and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So this is, a, this is a weird kind of uh, merging of worlds. Yeah. It's strange. What should, we should bring him something. I say we as in Yeah, me. you say we. You're in, I say, I'm like, oh, but that's my attitude toward a lot of these things is like, like when I got the, my book got the, got a review in Publishers Weekly today. I was like. The way I presented it to, I think myself as being very much a member of a team because mm. I can't survive on my own. Yeah. So like you're very much on team Sarah <laughs> yeah. because you've helped me survive. And so I was, I was like, we got a great review to like, you know, my editor and my literary agent and my inside publicist and my outside publicist and mm. my manager because it feels like a we thing. Oh, of course. Um, but anyway, so when we go, well, <laughs> he's got all these cats, right? So what? Like, I feel like I should give. Maybe the cat's a present? I think you could give the cats a present. Because the fans, I know, they bring in baked goods, and they bring in art projects, and they do all this stuff, and... You know, but who thinks about the cats <laughs> at Mark Marin's house? Uh, I do. I, I think you do. I'm overly excited about meeting the cats. Th- <laughs> you know what I think? Tiny sweaters. Oh. Yeah. But that might abuse their dignity. It would abuse their dignity. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just gonna, maybe I'll bring them toys. I don't know. It just feels like I love cats so much. And when I get an opportunity to hang out with one, because I, I can't have them in my apartment, um, when I get an opportunity to spend time with one, I f- get real excited. Yeah. And I'm like, let's get down to business here. It's kind of like how I feel about really little kids. Mm-hmm. If there's a really little kid around at a party. I'm going to hang out with it and just be like, let's talk. <laughs> you mean like three or four? Like under four. Under four. Yeah. Those. Oh, those kids are great. I'm going to be like, let's just sit down and have a conversation about your life and what's going on for you today. Like, how are you? I like to talk to them like they're grownups and just go, so what's going on, Madison? Like, how are things happening? What's going on? Um, what's another name that everybody always uses these days? Renesme. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> no, they're all giving kids old timey names these days. Like, Olive, like Frank. Yeah. Hey, Frank. Harold. Olive. Clarita. <laughs> old timey Ma- Mexican name. Mavis. Yeah, Mavis is definitely one. Maud. Yeah. Maud is super. Yeah, like all those old lady names. Hello, Maud. I heard you had an abortion on your TV show, <laughs> but it was for your health, so it was okay. Um. Yeah. Oh, and uh, so Agora Fabulous, the book. Is a thing that's coming out, and here's the deal, guys. We've got I've got some book tour dates for you right here, so uh, you can write them down because you should. February 16th, Housing Works Bookstore Cafe, New York, New York. February 17th, Clinton Bookshop, Clinton, New Jersey. February 21st, Book Soup, Los Angeles, California, and West Hollywood. That, and that'll be featuring uh, Rob Delaney, Sarah Thayer, and Kevin Avery. February 22nd, Brookline Booksmith, Brookline, Massachusetts, featuring Aaron Petty and Maria Chiampa. February 23rd, Malaprops Bookstore Cafe, Asheville, North Carolina. February 28th, Word, Brooklyn, New York. March 3rd, Bookhampton, East Hampton, New York, for all you rich fucks. March 8th, Barnes Noble in Houston, Texas, March 10th, mm-hmm. South by Southwest panel, and I think I'm doing a book signing. March 19th, Powell's Books in Portland, Oregon, with Mr. Mike Drucker, who I fucking love. Oh, Mike's great. Oh, I can't wait to see him. Um, he was the guy that came up with the title Nerd of Mouth. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. He's a delight. Mm-hmm. And then we've got uh, March 20th, the Tattered Cover in Denver, Colorado, where I will be with Mara Wiles, who is a delight. And I'm also doing, uh, let's see, March 21st is, uh, I'm doing a show in Denver, and March 22nd. And I'm doing a, a ladies' show at Beauty Bar in Denver. So there's going to be a lot going on in February and March, and I don't think I'm going to be able to function, really, outside of doing those tasks. Yeah, it's going to be uh, fucking crazy. That's the most on tour I've ever been. Yeah, that's a tour tour. Like, that's a Spinal Tap tour. It's a fucking tour. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Um, there appears to be some sort of barbershop quartet singing. Is Tom? Is that the one that Tom Schlue's in? I have no idea, but there's a lot happening here at Sex and Other Human Activities today. So as far as other human activities, I guess the one that we just covered would be tons of self-promotion or book promotion? Book promotion. I'd say so. Is Um, that your phone? No, that was your phone that was just doing a, a thing. Your phone was like somebody was calling you, and I looked at it to be nosy to see if I knew who it was, and um, and I and I couldn't tell. It was just a number. It was just a number. And I'm I was like, guessing bill collectors. Bill collectors, your madness. <laughs> now let's see here. I am looking for. I wanted to tell you something because I'm an old crazy woman and I'm very silly. Um, you know what? I'm just. Not even gonna because I'm retarded. I'm sorry, I know using retarded is bad. Um, anyway, so we got this. I got really excited today because my book got reviewed by Publishers Weekly, and they called it funny and unflinchingly honest. Unflinchingly honest, kind of like this show. Kind of like this fucking show. Shit, yeah. So, in the interest of being unflinchingly honest, um, we have uh, uh, the. I'm just gonna say quite openly that this has been the first sex and other human activities. Human activity has been. Um, Self-promotion. Um, <laughs> what about – now, I am looking up our, our dude but who we're going to read something from. But I want to know um, – I want to know from you, Marcus, is there something that you feel that we need to get into as far as another human activity? <laughs> 
that's just your feelings. <laughs> ah, my feelings. I don't know. I kind of already talked about my feelings. You know, I'll tell you the truth. Today, I'm actually feeling pretty good. That's awesome. And I don't really know why. Actually, I kind of know why. Uh, but yeah, I've been a little, I wouldn't say cloud nine-ish, mm-hmm. but I would say today I've been walking with a bit of a spring in my step. Oh, a bit of a spring in your step, a bit of a, a jaunt in your grundle? <laughs> I had a bit of a jaunt in my grundle, definitely. Yes. You know, woke up this morning, listened to uh, some Dinosaur Junior. Oh, a Start. little J Mash. Little J Mash. You can never oh. pronounce his name. Yeah, a little bit. Mascus. Mascus. A little bit of Ween. A little bit. Oh, uh, those boys grew up near uh, where I grew up. Yeah, Ween's one of my favorite bands, if not my favorite band. Up there with the Flaming Lips. Oh, they're delightful. They are. They make me feel good. And Wilco, because it's oh, both sad Jeff and. Jeff Tweedy. And I relate to Wilco more than any other band in the world. I feel like Jeff Tweedy used to love Xanax and maybe still does. Remember <laughs> in the, the documentary, I Am Trying to Break Your Heart, where he would just puke because he was so anxious? Yeah. That's kind of how I feel sometimes. Oh, yeah. No, I, I relate to that and The Devil and Daniel Johnson. I relate to both of those movies way too much. If you had to have sex with. Um, with Okay, Wayne Coyne, okay. Jay Maskus, or Jeff Tweedy, who would you fuck? Uh, you could make out instead. You don't have to have the okay. penises. Um, hmm. I'm going to go ahead and right off the bat put Jay Maskus out. Mm-hmm. And then but it's between Tweedy and Coyne. I'm going with Tweedy. You going with Tweedy? Coyne's very cool. I would want to have a conversation with him. I feel like having a conversation with Tweedy might be really depressive. Yeah. And just like, oh, just take me to a very dark place in my life. And whereas talking to Wayne Coyne, I probably would feel like I was flying afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> At the very least, just to feel like your guts are full of rainbows. Yeah. And, and aliens. Yeah, no, like there but would like be like happy, smiling, hot, naked aliens. Yeah, they'd be su- and they would be dancing. Yeah, they'd be oh, they'd be dancing so sexy. But yeah, I would make out with Jeff Tweedy. Okay, yeah, probably. I mean, he's just got that fun little face, and also he doesn't have a beard. Yeah, beards are twitchy and weird. Yeah, and give you like beard burn. Yeah, I could kind of pretend it might be a woman with Jeff Tweedy. He's kind of doughy. He is kind of a he's a curvaceous man. Yeah, he's a little doughy. Oh, it's adorable. He's, yeah, he's uh, yeah. Wayne Coyne's kind of tall and lanky, like me. Aww. He's just very hairy. Ew. Okay. So, but I'm not very hairy. No, I'm, you're not very hairy. I, no, you're no, a no, hairless I'm, child. You're a soil child. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? Let's plug. Um, let's before we get into um our uh, our letters, which I can't get on my phone for some reason, um, because of the reception. But maybe you can get get reception. Um. Let's talk about uh, the creek and the cave, creeklic.com, where we record. Uh, yes, and specifically the, uh, I'd say the creek uh, holiday party. Yes. Or not holiday, uh, the creek New Year's Eve party. Yes. Which is going to be awesome. It's going to be off the chain. My band is playing, uh, yes. the Cowmen. We're playing. Uh, it is a, a psychotic journey through the nightmare world of Russia Town. Yes, uh, I'm covered in blood with uh, skull face paint mm-hmm. throughout the entire thing. Uh, kind of somewhat of a. That's probably why Ben thinks I'm a serial killer because mm. of that performance. I don't know. think that's it. I think it's something <laughs> about your soul that he just <laughs> perceives in his giant head. Yeah, I th- I think so. Maybe. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, I think he sees something inside. Uh, he might be hallucinating though. Yeah. I don't know. I got the letter. 
oh, you have letter. Cool. So let's, but let's just finish plugging the uh, the thirty first. Yeah, the thirty first. It's gonna. It's put together by Murder Fist, mm-hmm. uh, who we talk about a lot, and has been, uh, and is the members are on lots of other shows like the Roundtable, which you were on last week, and you were awesome on. Thank it. you. Yeah, big seventy fifth episode. Oh, seventy five episodes. That was the big seven five. Yeah, it's a great. It's called the whole banana. Woo! Yeah, which is what we call fisting. Oh, if you yeah. whenever you get all five fingers in there up to the wrist, that's what's called getting the whole banana up yeah, there. If you want to hear about Jackie Zabrowski getting fisted, yeah, with a man with rings, while her brother Henry sits next to her, right in next ag- to her in agony. Yeah, that's uh, that just happens all the time. Jesus, you should have seen been on that show whenever she was single. That's the type of shit that would happen all the time. Really? She has a great story about a wrestler that you got to hear. I can't handle that. I can't. I can't tell. In fact, I'm going to be doing. Speaking of the creek, I'm going to be doing a show with Jackie. Uh, it's going to be called Jackie Zabrowski's Meat Asylum. Wow! And it's going to be a one-off special episode. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to lock Jackie in my studio uh, with the microphone going. She's going to have eight beers and a pint glass full of ground beef. Ew! And she can't leave until all of it is gone. That is And disgusting. she's just going to sit here and talk and eat ground beef and drink beer. She's going to be like, Marcus, what the fuck? Yeah. And she's not... Get in here! <laughs> she's not going to be let out uh, until... It's until it's all gone. These are the kind of games we play here <laughs> at CaveComedyRadio.com, home of fabulous different things like New York City Crime Report with Pat Dixon, last podcast on the left, the Brown Table of Gentlemen, give me a little Kissel News, give me a little Kissel something else. Chit-chat. Chit-chat. Oh, gosh. Nerd of Mouth mm-hmm. is on here. What else is on here? That's about it. That's about it. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good time. So, let's let's we got had a guy who wrote to us. Um, let's just read the part of his, and we can call him, I believe he gave us permission to call him Sergeant Joe. Sergeant Joe. Let's just read the part that pertains to his situation. So All right. just that account Here's the what's going on. Here's the short story. Mm-hmm. I see is the short story is, a friend of mine got some emails from this other friend of ours, and it was from my girlfriend, and let's just say the evidence is pretty damning. A little bit of background information, mm-hmm. Sergeant Joe is serving in Afghanistan right, right. now. So he's in Afghanistan. Um, I also, I had to parse this email to truly understand, and I think that what happened is that the the girl did what we're about to hear her doing. Um, she she got up to some shenanigans with a a friend of a friend. Yeah. So the, f- the friend of the friend said to friend, hey, check this out. And then friend was like, fuck this, and, and forwarded the information, which I question the propriety of doing that. I think he could have yeah. just told the poor guy yeah. um, to Sergeant Joe. Yeah. Well, Sergeant Joe doesn't need to see that shit. He could just hear about it. Yeah. And he had uh, this girl had sent naked pictures to both Joe and the friend of a friend. You know what? Sometimes you got to multitask. <laughs> Sometimes you do. Uh, and uh, he says... Um, he says after that, he says, I get that we're not married, but I really thought it could work out with her. We had a talk before I left and we had decided that if we can get through this deployment, we get married when I get back. Well, that can't happen now, right? Uh, nice job messing that up. But how do I tell her, ask her about it? Do I tell her about the emails? Every time she sends me lovey emails now, it just makes me mad. Yeah, I would get on Skype with her and just go, listen, um, I received, and you don't have to go into names. She'll hunt it out and figure out whoever whoever it was. Don't yeah. worry, Sergeant Joe, at this point about like uh, about you know getting your friend in trouble who was the the friend who told you about this. Like, don't fucking worry about that shit. Oh, this is about your relationship, and you just say, listen, um, 
I received emails that you had sent to XYZ, and I see that you have cheated on me. We were monogamous and fully committed, and you cheated on me. It was very clear that they were monogamous. Yeah, that, that's, that seems to be the situation. And just go, so um, I don't want to be with you anymore. And, you know, you can tell her she hurt your feelings. You can, whatever comes up. Obviously, you're not probably not going to have this calm tone of voice. Although I will tell you this. If you have a really calm tone of voice, that's probably going to fuck with her even more than if you were, like, crying or really uh, upset. Oh, God, yes. I might even recommend that. Yeah. Oh, no, no. It really, it really upsets women when mm-hmm. you do that. Yeah, it does. Like, even it. when you're trying not to. Because I don't, like, yell or scream mm-hmm. or anything like that during, like, arguments or anything. Uh, and I'm always very calm. Uh, and very calm whenever I'm, like, breaking up with a girl. Uh, and it infuriates them. Well, we don't like it because we, th- so we think it means that you don't care about us. Yeah, I know. And I, I do care, but I'm not going to scream and yell and cry and all that. You know, it's, it's, I, I think that's... Not the best way to go, but I mean, but really, I mean, I think maybe he should just go with whatever's inside of him. If he wants to cry, he should cry. cry if he yeah, wants, you if he mean wants you should to let it out. Calm. And he, then he should. I would you know? cut it off after. Cut that. it off. I would, absolutely. I would, de- I would block her on Facebook, unfriend her. Um, if you still use MySpace, which please tell me you don't, Sergeant Joe. Come on, I need I need to know that there's not MySpace fiends still hanging around this world. Oh yeah. Um, you know, you get rid of her on there. If you do Twitter, you get rid of her on there. I would block her on your phone once you get back to the states. Um, you know, make her if she really wants to talk to you, she she should really have to work for it. She can always write you a letter. She's yeah. got you probably got your address, and you know. But I, I think that um, I would be open to the possibility that of I I think that I w- I'm not open to the possibility of you guys getting back together. I just think it's kind of like this happens a lot. You know, you know this happens. It's tough. Um, the prospect of being a war bride is a fucking difficult thing. It's hard to maintain a relationship when someone is so far away. It's hard to maintain a relationship when you're in, you know, you're in Kentucky and somebody else is in Michigan. So imagine like how hard it is to do this. I don't think you need to blame yourself in any way, shape or form. Um, you know, I'm sure that she'll have this experience being and, and learn from it and probably be a better person you know, in the future or maybe not, but it's not really your business at this point. Like she's taken herself out of your life. She has, well, she has not taken herself out of her life in her mind, but I think in your mind, that's where it should be. And you mourn and you go through your feelings and you talk to your, your buddies about it. And I know it's devastating that it was a friend of a friend. And I know you're worried about – he wrote to us that he's worried about looking like a loser who got cheated on when he comes home. No one thinks that. Like no one thinks no. – What's L- more loser? likely – You fucking went to Afghanistan, man. What's more likely is that your friends and some of her friends are going to look down on her for this. Oh, of course. She is definitely the asshole in this situation. Mm-hmm. Like she's, a, she's horrible. They, you – are coming out of this thing smelling like roses, dude. Yeah, you're going to come out, you know, smelling just fine and dandy. Yeah. And, like, honestly, I can understand what what she may have been dealing with in terms of being, like, lonely mm-hmm. and all that jazz. So, like, I'm not going to condemn her. Um, she's just not, you know, it's like some people self-select. They kind of show whether they deserve to or whether they belong in your life. Mm-hmm. And this person doesn't belong in your life right now. So that's cool. Bye. And what he says, uh, he says that he doesn't want to come home like an angry, bitter asshole. I think if he doesn't do it soon before he comes back, I think he will come home an angry, bitter asshole. If he keeps putting it off and he's like, well, you know, let's just 
see what happens and like I'll do it whenever I get home. Uh, if he doesn't do it soon, I think that I think coming home will be much better if he doesn't have to come home to her mm-hmm. and have to come home to this like dread situation uh, where having to see her just you know tell her it's like listen it's over uh, and whenever I get back I don't want to see you. Like, I, I want to I yeah. you know go to your go to your family go to your friends you know go hey, to- with them don't invite her to obviously um, just you know put the word out among your friends like hey guys I don't want to see her and I don't want to see that guy. Mm-hmm. She got up to whatever with. So um, just uh, I would I would, you know, I'm having a, a coming home party or I'm having a welcome party. Or we're going to go out for some beers. I'd love to see you guys. Yeah. And just let that be known. And if you see her in public, just walk away. Mm hmm. Yeah. This girl is. Yeah. No, don't do it. Yeah, just walk away and like, but you got to let it out first and you need to go through the stages of mourning. You really do need to go through those stages of grieving. If you get a chance, because I know you're coming home soon, which is great, but if you get a chance, um, like when you're in the Ed Center, which is where he every, he has a routine where every Sunday he downloads like uh, whatever podcast we've been doing, listens to him while he is at the gym, mm-hmm. which is awesome. So we're helping somebody exercise, <laughs> if not us, we're helping somebody exercise, which Lumba. is great. Um, you know. Look up Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, K-U-B-L-E-R hyphen Ross, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross um, on death and dying. And she actually did research with people who were dying to see how they accepted the process. But this her her stages of grief has actually been applied to lots of other things, the loss of a relationship, the loss of someone else, the loss of a home, the loss of a job. Um, and, and that's where you hear about those stages of grieving, like anger, denial and all that stuff. And you can have them pretty much in, in, in any order with the final one being acceptance. Really look that up. It's important for you to allow yourself to have those feelings and to go through it. And, you know, some of your friends are going to refuse to talk to her anymore. Some of them are going to still want to be friends with both of you guys. Um, Some of them are going to line up with her probably, and that's going to hurt for you. But ultimately, um, you got to take care of yourself. And that does not include being with this person. I will tell you that it's, you know, from... The perspective of the female, it really is a difficult thing, I think, unless you have been dating for many years, which maybe you had been. I don't know how long you guys were together before. Well, if they were talking that they might get married. Yeah, but I feel like they're young. And this also happens a lot that right before I had a friend say this to me, she's like right before somebody goes overseas, they all like everybody freaks out, the girlfriend and the guy or the boyfriend and the girl who's in the army or whatever, and is like, we're going to get married. And she's like, my brother did that. And now he's getting divorced 11 months later. So that's a very common thing to be like, "Okay, we need to go for both parties to freak out like oh we're not going to see each other we have to blah um but there's this feeling of desperation about it you know um and i think that it's what you're going through is not is not at all uncommon and i think if you open up to other guys like maybe even other guys in your unit about it they might be able to empathize i mean i'm sure you've while you've been over there there have been like a few divorces or something like that among the guys you work with yeah these guys have somebody in your platoon's gone through this shit yeah somebody's like gone through some kind of shit or squad or squadron or whatever yeah i'm not really sure how platoon platoon (laughs) is platoon is that is the platoon like the small one or the big one i have no idea um I don't know, Sergeant the, Joe. The you can educate us on this. Squads, things, battalions, whatever it is. Your group, your group of office coworkers, brigadiers, if you will. Yes, legionnaires. <laughs> you and your group of, of gentlemen and ladies, talk to them about it. I mean, this is not something that is all. I mean, this is very common in the armed forces. Yeah. Um, 
I would also, for in order for you to come out of this, I know you don't feel like being with anybody else right now, probably, and you're depressed and you're sad. But let me just tell you something. There's nothing so sexy to a woman as a man who's been wounded by a lady, but acts with dignity. We're oh, like, yeah. oh, his quiet dignity is so beautiful. So don't like go on Facebook and write, you fucking slut, I hate you, oh, or like worst. post crazy pictures of her or whatever, because then that makes you look like an idiot and everyone thinks you're an asshole and thinks you're a loser. That's when people think you're an asshole or a loser. Uh-huh. People will think you're goddamn noble if behind the scenes you're telling people that fucking cunt rag. But if in public, and that means in public online, you're very like dignified and quiet about it. Mm. Oh my God, please. You'll have girls coming out of the woodwork to crawl on your dick. There you go. You're going to get home and chicks are going to be like, blah, 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 I want to <laughs> suck it. Well, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, on, on that, that, on that glorious suck note, it note, I am very classy. Um, on that note, you little munchkins, it was great hearing from you, uh, Sergeant Joe, and you have a, a, a good time coming home and everything. We are, again, Sex and Other Human Activities. We are S-A-R-A at SarahBenincasa.com. We are Twitter.com slash Marcus Parks, Twitter.com slash Sarah J. Benincasa. My book, Agora Fabulous, is available for pre-order. Please go ahead and do that, because the more pre-orders we get, the likelier it is that I'll get to do an audio book. Ooh, an audio book. Can I come on and do characters? Please. Yeah, you can play, like, my vagina. You can play my mom. You can play my craziness. Hello, I'm Sarah's vagina. That's how it talks. That is how it talks. That wasn't even me. That was your actual that vagina. That was my pussy yeah. just chatting away. <laughs> oh, what a chatty cat. I like cantaloupes. What kind of melons do you like? Oh, my God. I would never put a cantaloupe in my pussy. <laughs> but a honeydew, I might. I might put some honey. Not a whole one, but like a slice. Yeah. It's very yeah. soothing. Wrap it in saran wrap it and put it up there. Save mm. it for later. All right, guys. Well, have a have a, a great week. And uh, we'll hopefully talk to you before Jesus is born. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. Bye. Goodbye.